Hey guys, Allie Marie here with the very first intentionally official My Catholic Perspective podcast. We've talked about having a podcast for a long time now. I'm so excited to finally be here. I have no idea what I'm doing. Well, I have a little bit of an idea, but this will take me longer to edit than I anticipate, I know. And for the very first official season of the podcast, I am going to be doing Plent, which is podcast Lent. I usually do video Lent. It will be Lent also, but I'm really focused on podcasting, so I might not look so nice in the videos on YouTube, but my voice should sound nice because I'm actually using my microphone and my focus is recording on GarageBand. But that will be going through um, Aquinas's Lenten meditations through Sophia Institute Press. You still have time to get that if you want to do a daily reading of two pages with us all through Lent. I'll be offering my input on those. But I will simultaneously be releasing season two of My Catholic Perspective with Allie Marie here on this podcast. And season two is today's official episode. Today is episode one of season two, which is going to be responding to Allie Marie here's TikTok search bar. (laughs) Apparently, my most recent most searched thing that um, people are curious about is Allie Marie attacks IVF. I went on my YouTube channel and I looked up IBF, IVF in my content and it seems as though I only have one video that is specifically about IVF. So I thought that we could just watch it together and maybe go through the video, see where it is that I'm using attacking language because that's apparently what I'm doing in it um, and, and just kind of go through it and, and see what we think, see what maybe we can learn about what the Catholic perspective on IVF is. I've listened to several more podcasts. I've been in touch with, you know, the National Bioethics Committee about this. Um, I, back in the day, right, I studied it a lot. We struggled with fertility. Um, I, I miscarried our first and we tried to get pregnant for a while. And then I have had to supplement progesterone for each of my pregnancies, except for with the twins, which was its own thing. But, um, but even the twins were conceived with, um, is it letrozole it's you know it's okay for catholics to utilize uh, certain measures you you know as long as we're keeping the marital embrace the central focus of conceiving the child right it is making love and it's from that love just like christ you know the father and the son came together and we exist because of God's love. We're made in the image of him, meaning that we are capable of love. We're capable of reason, um, capable of logic. And so I, I'm really intrigued, though. I have not um, honestly watched this in its entirety since it came out. I kind of watched a few little things here and there. I watched the songs that circulate, uh, which because it was a Musical Monday video, which I very clearly am a smiler when I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I do not... I'm really bad at not laughing and smiling when I feel like unsure of anything. But um, one thing I am sure on though is what the church teaches about IVF and about, you know, like surrogacy, which is something I haven't actually formally talked about, but can easily tie into this conversation. And, um, but I've listened to Trent Horn speak on this topic. I've listened to it. He has a podcast interview with somebody, I believe from the National Bioethics Center, um, and so I've, I've really garnered a little bit more about the redemptive properties of what is involved with IVF and everything else. And so I'd love to just be able to, I'll be stopping and starting the movie as I kind of want to give input, but figure I'll give you an opportunity to watch the entire thing for yourself. So uh, yeah, 
download the episode if that's what you do. I don't know. I don't listen to podcasts, so um, so this is completely out of my league. But I have been watching Brett Cooper, which I have some comments on as well about approaches that feel similarly as Matt Walsh there. Right. Like, why mock? Why do those things? Anyway, because I don't feel like I do attack. I, I share information. But I guess we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm going to watch this and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I was so mean. That was the worst thing I could have ever said because I'm attacking IVF. Um, I don't know. So let's see. We'll see for ourselves. I can speak from personal experience that there is nothing more painful than wanting a baby and not having one. When my husband and I first got married, I wanted to try having kids right away, and he felt that it would be prudent for us to wait at least a year before we started trying. So then we tried for about three months, got pregnant, had a miscarriage, and now we've been trying again for about five months. And while that's not a really long time, it's still long enough that my intrinsic desire for a child is really weighing heavily on my heart. And this is a topic that has been requested several times, so I wanted to give my insight into how this affects our population and culture as a whole. Okay. I don't feel like any of my intro was really attacking. I'm sharing my personal experience with this, saying we struggle with getting pregnant. You know, even though that first year of our marriage was not due to infertility, I still was unable to conceive during that year. Um, And that was very hard for me, even though it wasn't, there wasn't a medical condition preventing the conception, the conception was delayed. And that was very, very hard for me because my husband knew that I wanted to get married and start having kids right away. He was still in school. He did explain, you know, God gave us a brain. We should be using the logic and all these things. Um, And so we really had a rough start to our marriage, though, because I so desperately wanted to have children and he... You know, he felt that we needed to wait, which we ultimately did. Um, But yeah, I didn't hear any attacking yet. Today is Musical Monday, and due to the topic, I decided to do nursery rhymes as today's genre of choice. I'll give more details about how Musical Mondays are going to be shifting at the end of the video, but for today, I want to just dive into this topic. So first off... So yes, I was doing nursery rhymes musical mondays i was just trying to integrate parodies of songs because this was during the very first time i did blend which was in 2018 and so every it was basically a big group of us catholic youtubers had gotten together and we were really trying to expand our audience post consistently together uh, build each other's platforms up and everything else and so this was kind of something i was experimenting with at the time that i wasn't sure whether i was going to be pursuing long term or not but musical monday was a thing um the first person to guess all five songs got to choose the genre for the next musical Monday Um, and yeah so there was like this whole thing on why this um, version or this style of video is even in existence which was I was I was in a group context there but I was the only one doing musical Mondays it's not like we all were but I want to define infertility. In the Western world, infertility is defined if you have been trying for one year and have been unsuccessful in getting pregnant. If you're working with a NAPRO doctor or have been practicing NFP or maybe you have an AVA bracelet, a lot of NAPRO doctors will actually treat you for infertility after six months of trying since you're having sex right around ovulation and your body's giving you those cues that it is in fact ovulating. The other definition in the Western world is if you've had three miscarriages. Now I've only had one miscarriage and I cannot imagine the pain of what it would be like to have like a stillborn or to be further along in my pregnancy than I was at the six weeks. But it's still just as devastating because life is life from conception and a soul actually begins when the sperm fertilizes the egg. One of the things that I've noticed with this, even though I'm not diagnosed as infertile and pray to the Lord that he would bless us with a child soon. Okay, 
So again, I don't feel like I'm attacking anything. I just offered somebody an alternate uh, definition of what infertility might look like. Uh, if you're aware of when you're ovulating, which um, prior to becoming Catholic, I had no idea how my cycle worked. I didn't know that I was ovulating on day 12, 14, whatever, normally. I had very consistent cycles. I had no idea what was going on in my body. And so I've talked, you know, I do have a playlist on birth control in general and the negative effects that it has on women's bodies. Um, and so yeah, so I'm offering an alternate definition of what infertility can look like for different people. And, you know, I offer a different doctor that you can see, which a NAPRO doctor is going to be, is going to pursue natural remedies for you. What, what you know, hormone supplementation can we do to help you get pregnant and help you sustain pregnancy? Um, and they aren't going to wait as long for you. They aren't going to say, well, it hasn't been a year, so tough luck. You know, they, they would say, how long has it been? Let me see your charts. Let's see what you've been tracking. They're going to work with you in a different way than most Western OBs would. Every time my period starts, it feels like a miscarriage because I'll be noticing like, oh, you know, like I'm a little bloated or like, oh, I felt a little nauseous the other morning or I'll notice these symptoms and I get really hopeful that maybe this cycle I will be pregnant. And then my cycle starts and it's just, it's, it's devastating. Even though there wasn't ever actually a baby in there, it still feels like it, like that bleeding is there. And it's like, oh, I'm not again. Like, and it can be very disheartening. I just want you to know that you're not alone. Like, people struggle with this every day. It's actually way more common than what people want to talk about. Okay, so I'm relating with the audience there, right? I'm sharing my heart, my vulnerability of every every month when I see blood, it feels like a miscarriage, you know? And um, yeah. So just bear in mind that if people are trying to have a family, it's very disheartening and almost hurtful to hear people ask, like, when we're, when we're expecting or, like, if people ask me if I'm pregnant. It's like, um, I'm pretty sure that if I wanted to tell you, I would. And while well, I appreciate your concern or maybe it's more curiosity at this point, like, I will let you know if I'm at a stage in my pregnancy that I feel comfortable sharing. It's just something to be aware of that people are likely struggling with it that you don't even know. If you hate it when they ask you, roll your eyes, uh, uh. If you hate it when they ask you, roll your eyes, uh, uh. If you hate it when they ask you if you'll have a kid or two, if you hate it when they ask you, roll your eyes, uh, uh. Okay, so I'm like trying to do humor. I don't know. If I was like actively going through a miscarriage, sure, I would probably feel annoyed that this YouTuber is, you know, trying to make light of a situation, but I feel like sometimes some portions of our life can be taken too seriously right and there is a level of like let's let's kind of lighten up let's like do this and so I don't know I still like felt kind of cute or something but sure I could see why somebody wouldn't like that but I still don't think I attacked anything I was just still trying to resonate with the audience I guess with that one which brings me to the second point of what IVF is so IVF is in vitro fertilization and it literally means in lab conception. So with IVF, what the doctor does is he actually takes eggs and sperm from the mom and the dad or from the husband and wife or man and woman, whatever, and literally conceives children, embryos in the lab. And in the Catholic faith, it is stated that the soul is created at conception. Tertullian, my favorite church father, has a quote that says, life begins with conception, for we contend that the soul also begins from conception. Life takes its commencement at the same place and time that the soul does. And additionally, there's another church father, Lactantius, who says, the soul is not introduced into the body after birth as some philosophers think. 
Rather, it is introduced immediately after conception, when the divine necessity has formed the offspring in the womb. Now I could go into the catechism from paragraphs 2373 to 2379, and I have all of these things underlined, and I could read all of these things about why this is bad, but it ultimately boils down to the fact that having children is a gift from God. It is a miracle of his nature, of the world that he created. And by doing this in lab conception, you are separating that love. You're separating like that act of making love between a husband and a wife and making a child more of a product than an actual miracle. Like in paragraph 2377, it states that the act which brings the child into existence is no longer an act by which two persons give themselves to one another, but one that entrusts the life and identity of the embryo into the power of doctors and biologists and establishes the domination of technology over the origin and destiny of the human person. With IVF, they take multiple eggs and multiple sperm, put them in a petri dish like individually and create like 10, 20 embryos per woman. And then they'll try to implant two to three or you know, however many that doctor feels fit to hope that one implants in the uterus. What do they do with the extra embryos? They die. I'm gonna pause it there. I mean, obviously I go into in a minute about how they're at this point in time in 2018, there were over 600,000 frozen embryos, but um. They don't always die, right? Sometimes they go into storage. So I'll talk about that in a second. I'm talking a lot right now, though, and I haven't paused it at all because I feel like I'm just giving a definition to IVF. Like, this is what IVF is. Um, one point that I don't think I make in this video is that masturbation is included in IVF, and that's not something that the church can condone because it's still separating the marital act. Um, you know, masturbation, I have a whole video on masturbation, which I'm sure a lot of people disagree with as well, but it's just simply church, church teaching on it. It's not something that is um, allowed it's not something that is unifying between spouses and so you know that's another aspect of why the church would not find IVF permissive um, permissible because it, it includes so many aspects that separate that marital union it is a very early abortion you could say but it is literally discontinuing the life and not respecting that inherent dignity of that soul and of that body. So I'm just going to say not not respecting that dignity. We, It's the same concept with abortion, right? That a person is not a person until they're born or until they're 40 weeks or could survive outside the womb, whatever, however people want to define that. The dignity that Catholicism places on human life is from conception. And that's going to be consistent across the board all the time, regardless of where you look in catechism, it's going to be conception. And so that's a very easy black and white line for us to see. And so my reference there is just simply stating there is dignity to that embryo. There's dignity to the embryo. And you know, people will say, oh, well, if there were 500 embryos in this building and a baby in this other building and they're both burning down, which one are you going to save? You know, and people say, well, the baby, it doesn't mean that the embryos don't mean anything. You're comparing two things where it's like, okay, it's it's the trolley problem, right? Where it's like, okay, well, there's an elderly couple in the one building and a baby in another. Which one are you going to save? You know, it's like, well, what's my relationship to to the people? There, there are so many things to consider and how do you place that value in the life like okay there's a girl in this building and a different girl in this building they're both five years old buildings are on fire which one are you going to choose okay you choose the one in this building does that mean that the life over in this one was invaluable like it didn't mean anything no of course not it just means you had to make a choice because you can only choose one and so you can sit there and try to make these um, analogies and try to to make it seem like they don't mean as much but that's ultimately it's just it's a fallacy and so you can't um you can't do that but but catholicism ultimately here 
it places dignity on the life from conception. And I think that's a really important facet that we need in our society, which I don't know, I might get into in this video. So let's see. There are over 600,000 frozen embryos available for adoption right now. And it is just, it, it, the bioethics of everything within this that come into what the Catholic Church believes is so complex that I'm not sure that there is solidified doctrine around it. There might be. Donum Vitae was written in 1987, and that was a great reference point, but a newer article has also been released called Dignitas Personae, and that was in 2008. So you can glance through that and see. I kind of looked through it. Which obviously now Pope Francis himself has come out and stated that surrogacy, all of these things are like an abomination basically, right? They are absolutely not permissible, really not good, um, makes the child a product as I had stated much earlier. So um, whether or not a formal document has been written, probably I would imagine, but uh, currently I, I would probably have to do a follow-up video or podcast on that because I would have to do a little bit of research for what has been written in the last five years. But, um, but yes, but Pope Francis has officially come out and stated that it is not an okay thing for Catholics to pursue, which is accurate to document. And I mean, the overall consensus is just the fact that we should not be pursuing IVF. But at the same time, like these are souls, they are bodies. And a lot of times uh, women who even can have babies are pursuing IVF in order to choose like the genetic factors of their children. IVF, IVF, the doctor plays God. The doctor plays God. It separates the conjugal act and interferes with nature's contract. Have you ever seen something hijack that fact as IVF, as IVF? Okay, so again, jaunty little tune I sang there. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's, again, some lightheartedness. I chose nursery rhymes because it felt appropriate. Maybe nursery rhymes was just a bad one to choose, or maybe I just should not have done Musical Monday on this topic, right? Um, obviously, it had its own context in, in the lineage of all of my videos. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean... The words in the song are true. It separates the conjugal act. It, you know, nature's contract. Have you ever seen something hijack that fact as IVF? So maybe that is me attacking IVF there, you know? Maybe I'm saying, like, IVF really should not be pursued. And I do believe that it should not be. However, in my watching Trent Horn or listening to Trent Horn talk about it, he talks about, he focuses on how the child is a redemptive property of IVF, right? Because God redeems everything. God is who uh, makes all things beautiful in his time, right? Ecclesiastes. Um, and so he focused, their conversation focused more on how the child really redeems IVF, how it's not like the um, South Park redhead babies are soulless if they're conceived with IVF or something like that. Like, it's actually, these children are the redemptive property of it because their lives do have so much meaning and value and dignity that it's because of their existence that God is able to make the goodness supersede um, what would be considered evil in the IVF industry because there is a lot of corruption. I even stated more recently that there are ethical there needs to be ethical reform within IVF for how it is pursued and what it is pursued and, you know, all these different aspects of it, um, which I wouldn't even get into, you know, like if if it was to be continued to be offered for secular people, 
um, which, you know, we do have free will. We have the, the freeness to choose those things. However, our free will does not come without consequence. If we choose things that are against natural law, that go against natural order, there are going to be consequences that come with that. And those natural consequences look like sickness and death and, you know, anxiety and all the different things. If evil was never in the world, those things would not exist. And so, yes, we have free will. But anytime that we're aware of what we can choose that is going to bring us closer into communion with God, um, I would definitely encourage somebody to do that. So that's just where I stand on that, I suppose. So let's keep going. Third, within all of that, though, there are proper means and licit means that you can go about when trying to conceive a child. I may eventually here go and see a natural doctor. They utilize natural technology, so they would measure progesterone levels and make sure that my body is producing the right hormones that's needed to foster a baby. My husband can start wearing looser boxers or like there are different licit means. Like if a woman has to undergo surgery for endometriosis or to clear a fallopian tube, like those things are licit means because it ultimately boils down to the fact that you're doing this to produce sterility so that you can participate in the sexual act with the husband and the wife. It's all about is this being unifying between the husband and wife? Like is it the procreative act? Or are you trying to separate the procreative act from the act of having a child? Plus there's the whole aspect of the fact that with any of this for the man, like masturbation is required. Even if you were to do, you know, like a turpiki baster type thing where you're just trying to direct where the sperm are going or something like, that's another aspect. And I don't think I've ever actually done a video on masturbation. I probably could. But anyway, different different topic, different day. If you have been struggling to have a child, I would definitely recommend going to see an Afro doctor and seeing like what they could do to help that. There are even women who throughout their pregnancy, if you've had multiple miscarriages, it could be due to low progesterone. Like I know that if I were to get a positive pregnancy test that I would call the closest ones to me, like I'm in Kalamazoo, I can either go an hour north or an hour south. There are no nephro doctors in Kalamazoo. I would definitely be calling one probably in Grand Rapids to go see and have my progesterone checked, like make sure that there's not something going on in my body that's an imbalance because just like depression is imbalanced hormones, there can be an imbalance of something in your body that's intrinsically. Oh, I have a recommendation here on this, which was a NAPRO as an alternative to IVF for Catholics. There was a video on that. And so NAPRO technology really is talked a lot about in Catholic circles because you're able to avoid, you know, any unnecessary interventions, expensive and potentially unnecessary interventions, um, even if you are open to pursuing IVF, right? Um, and so we really want women to be in tune with their bodies and to be aware of how their bodies are supposed to be acting and to work with somebody that can help them truly understand their bodies, um, which is what I ended up doing. Obviously, I have four children now, so not corrupt but just not balanced and they can help to do that naturally and that's still supporting everything that god intended for the human body you can use the natural means to procreate a baby there's nothing wrong with such a thing here comes a baby fourth of course there's also the consideration of adoption like there are so many okay another thing all around the mulberry bush right um natural means I don't know why it would be bad to try to pursue natural means first. I know a lot of people maybe do and then just are unable, but I don't, a majority of people that I talk to, they say, hey, call an APRO doctor. They've never heard of it before. So um, I can't say that I think the majority of people pursuing IVF have sought out every other potential means to stay away from it. Um, and that doesn't even account for surrogacy for somebody who wants to rent another woman's womb to grow a baby because that woman is willing and you know, it's, uh, 
I think that's more Handmaid's Tale than having women embrace their fertility and be aware of what their body is doing every month. Like, I don't know, but. Many foster kids out there who are in need of such a loving home. And as Catholics, as Christians, we have the ability to bring them in and show them what that love looks like. I've talked to my husband quite a bit about this, and we did attend an orientation for foster or foster to adopt. And adopting out of the foster care system is actually free. So it's when you go for a private adoption that it's actually tens of thousands of dollars or an international adoption, which costs even more. But if you adopt out of the foster system, like in the United States, it is covered by taxes and by what goes into the foster care system. Now I know what people say about like older kids having issues because of trauma that they've experienced but the truth of the matter is is that when you adopt an older child like eight years old or older they know that you are making a willful choice to love them they know that you are choosing them whereas when you adopt a baby so I do think that I'm being somewhat unfair here in this video only because I've had further conversations with my husband I think that because of my uh, what I studied in school, right? Massage therapist, craniosacral and somatoemotional release therapies. Like I'm very aware of how trauma manifests itself in the body, how emotional states, like I'm able to meet people where they are to help them process their trauma. And like, I know that I do a good job at that because I've had hundreds of clients and people who continually came back to me and referred me. And like, I mean, I just had a very good client base. So I know that it's something that I was good at. Um, and so for me, I feel very comfortable with the idea of, adopting an older child that may have gone through some trauma to be able to meet them where they are and help them process and help them through it to still have a successful life even though their foundation may have been a little jumbled um, and so I do think I may be projecting right here in in trying to say oh it's just like so simple you just do this you know I think that that can be that that it, I would say would be off-putting and I can you know own up to that that my husband has really helped me grow quite a bit to help understand that other people think differently than me go figure um and so I do think that listening to that I'm like okay sure I could see why somebody would just disagree with me to be like hey no it's not that simple because that's how my husband feels he's like I don't know if I could do that I'm like what do you mean let's just adopt this sibling group of six kids like we can do it we can make it happen <laughs> that's me I'm just like let's just give them all all the love that we have and you know I mean I'm, I wanted to run an orphanage in Romania forever before I finally discerned marriage I really thought that I was gonna just move overseas and run an orphanage and um, obviously didn't, but that would still totally be on my heart for one day. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, but my heart is like, let's just give all these kids all the love that you possibly can, um, that they wouldn't otherwise get, right? And so, um, anyway, we'll keep going. They don't really know that, like, you can integrate it into, like, stories that you tell them as they grow up, like, oh, here's little Tommy, and he had to be separated from his parents when he was born, and he went to live with this other family, and you can, like, incorporate things like that to help prime them into learning that they themselves are like little Tommy, but when you choose that older child, like, they are lost, they are confused, and with the stability that we have in Christ and in the church, we have the ability to offer them that same type of stability. Like, we have something so great to offer them that, like, for me, I keep telling Alec, like, if we get pregnant and I have another miscarriage, I do not think that I would really want to try and try and try and, like, 
just, you know, keep on going until we finally have a biological child. Because part of me feels like it's like people talk about not buying purebred dogs and going to the rescue and rescuing dogs and, you know, paying $125 or whatever and they're already neutered, they have all this other stuff, and that way you're saving a life. Part of me feels like, like biological children are obviously like good and we're called to populate the earth and there are definitely aspects of that that are good and like obviously it's a part of nature. But at the same time, I think that going to extreme means, especially when it starts going into those illicit means of like IVF where we're like turning to the doctors to play God, um, I just think that it takes a different level of what it looks like to choose life and to choose love. And I think that there is a really big opportunity for that in the Catholic Christian world of going through the foster system, of choosing those people, of choosing those children who have nowhere to go, who don't have a stable life, who can't figure out why it is that somebody doesn't want them and giving them that love that they're so desperately longing for. Okay, so I'm just going to pause it. I sing in a second, which I'm not thrilled about. But, um... But there you go. So here, too, I don't acknowledge really the primal wound that occurs when adoption occurs as a baby. But as we've seen, as I've seen in several places, when you start talking about adoption um, versus, you know, adoption versus surrogacy or adoption versus IVF, adoption does something to try to give an existing life, a life that already exists, a you know, a good life. And whereas surrogacy... Um, or IVF, it like, well, specifically surrogacy, I suppose, is what the argument is really for, is that it intentionally separates the mother and the baby, whereas, you know, the physical mother, right, the one that the baby, whose heartbeat the baby knows, um, but then with, with adoption, you're trying to make the best of that separation, and so there is that primal womb that I think, wound that I think that I, uh, primal womb see you have a primal womb it's the one that grows you but uh but that primal wound that exists I think I kind of fluff over that a little bit and I don't give that that necessary due process that is um I think worth exploring because it is something that I've talked with multiple people who have been adopted at birth about how that affected them um you know and so and then Right. Again, I do like that I did end up turning it back to in the Catholic Christian world that it's like I'm speaking to Catholics. I'm speaking to Christians with this. This is something that, you know, maybe this is something that God is calling you to because this is online, right? I can't uh, I can't specify my my talking to an individual we're not having a one-on-one conversation I'm speaking to the masses and so it's like is this something that resonates with you great if it's not something that resonates with you okay then leave it um but right I did just feel like maybe I was simplifying something that maybe is probably a bit more complex for the average person um but yes so I guess let's see what this uh this next song is I'm laughing see I'm uncomfortable (laughs) Cause I'm not looking forward to it. I know, you know everyone hates these songs and I just don't even remember what they are. The itty bitty children are all in need of love. In need of families sent from above. So they can thrive despite all the pain. And the itty bitty children have everything to gain. Okay, that wasn't too bad. I mean, I care about foster kids. I care about little babies. The bad songs must be the last two, because usually I did five songs for Musical Mondays. I think we've been through three. I went out of order, but number five, guys, is supposed to be number four, but it, whatever. There are always surprise pregnancies. We look at Sarah in the Old Testament, who's in her 90s, when God allowed her to finally have a biological child. Even with adoption, 
There are so many people who adopt a baby and then they have their own. And it's like, wow, God had a plan for that. Just trusting, like, if God wants you to have biological children, you will. Like, he is God of the universe. And, like, obviously he wants us all to feel fulfilled. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Man and wife, man and wife, in a bed. They can't have babies, the doctor said. First they were sad about it. And then they prayed about it and gave it to the Lord. And gave them a baby the very next morn. So my recommended video while I'm singing that is trigger warning. I miscarried on day eight of Lent. <laughs> like, I think that the tune and energy of the song match those of the other songs, even though this is a much more sensitive um, portion of the conversation. I do lead into it talking about miraculous pregnancies and I'm giving it a context of this is where other people have had surprise pregnancies and it has been something very fulfilling to them and very unexpected. Um, and it is a joyful thing when that happens, right? Like, so I do think that the joyfulness within that, like, is valid because when those do happen, it's like, it's such a blessing from the Lord that, that it has finally occurred in that manner. It's not how we wanted it to happen, right? But, or how whoever wanted it to happen, but like, Right, so we're talking about a miraculous surprise pregnancy that has already occurred as I'm singing that song. Um, so, yes. Matches the energy, though. I don't know what to say. I know for me, my experience of a miscarriage has opened my eyes. And, like, my eyes are teary-eyed here. Like, I look sad. I probably had a five-minute break after singing that, and now here I am talking, and it's like I'm talking about my miscarriage where I'm clearly upset. Like... I don't know. That's one of the things with video editing, right? I was very new at video editing. I usually just do long shots. I don't even try to make it fancy. I, you know, what you get is what you get because I want you to feel like you're just sitting here with me. But, um, but I can tell I waited. I, I did that. Or maybe I recorded all the songs at the end. I don't remember exactly the format of recording and editing, but, um, but I, I look clearly upset to me in the shot. So, I don't, I don't know. So much to what goes on in other women's lives when this happens. Because I've seen some pregnancy announcement videos that, to me, just came across almost as insensitive. Like, after we went through... Right, so I'm talking about insensitivity, how I felt like other people were insensitive to me. I'm not, like, I don't feel personally attacked in it, obviously, but it was more of a... You know, this is what came across as insensitive. So I think it's fair if somebody wants to say that this video came across as insensitive to them and it hurt their feelings or whatever it might be. Like, I think that that's I, – I do think that feelings are valid. I'm not a stoic whatever that, you know, Daily Wire is, which is why I don't fit in over there, but that's okay. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, I tend to be much more where's that balance, right? That's the authoritative approach and authoritative parenting. You're caring about the feelings and you're caring about the boundaries and the logic and what actually needs to happen, right? And so it's like I care about people who are struggling with this. I have had my own struggles in regard to this, even though my outcome looks the way that it does. Um but yeah, so, right, I think it's fine if somebody wants to say that I'm being insensitive, even if I'm not intentionally trying to be insensitive. Um, you know, I'm not mocking anyone or saying anyone's a terrible person at any point, because I don't think you are. I think that parents who want to bring children into the world out of love, like, that's commendable. 
I also think that there are boundaries within that fact that we are called to, that natural law holds us accountable to, and that God wants us to follow. So, our miscarriage. Alex said that he would not take this process for granted. Like, if we do have a successful pregnancy, it's not like we just expect that it's going to happen or like we just, you know, are entitled to this healthy baby. And I just, I, I hear some of these pregnancy announcements where it's the first time pregnancy and like, no miscarriages happen and it's just like my pregnancy announcement probably would have sounded like that like it would have been like oh my gosh we're pregnant like we're so excited like da, 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 da. but really i mean there is some caution that's to be taken and it's also like i mean i wouldn't have nearly been as grateful as i would be now if i were to have like a successful pregnancy because having that baby taken away after like knowing that they were there for like two weeks and like feeling that bond and like thinking of names and feeling like it was a girl and like all these different things that play into it. The dynamics are just so heavy and I mean, there is a soul there. There's a soul from conception. And even if we were to get pregnant again, like I can still celebrate or I would be able to still celebrate the fact that there we created a new soul. Like there's still new life within that. If you are struggling with miscarriages, I am so sorry for everything that you have been through. I am so sorry for the devastation that it brings. Um, my heart is with you 100%. Like, I I was very hesitant to kind of do like the fun, happy, like nursery rhymes with this. But at the same time, like, this is such a heavy topic. Right there. I'm saying I was hesitant about this. Okay. And I really wanted to kind of like lighten it a little bit but also draw in that joy that childlike joy that our children do have in heaven that they have when when they're praying for us and they're looking after us they haven't abandoned us it's a beautiful thing that god is able to come in and save that child okay so i'm talking about saints now because in the catholic tradition when we miscarry a baby they are automatically a saint because they have not been born into original sin because god has mercy and grace on their soul um i'm there's likely mixed doctrine on this i'm not going to pull out the catechism right now and look at it but you know, when babies die, though, it's, you know, Saint so-and-so pray for us. You know, our Saint Grace Elaine pray for us. We believe that they are in heaven and are able to intercede for us. So I'm right. So as a Catholic, there is that level that I see right now in what I'm expressing. That's like there is a joy that we do have a saint in heaven that can pray for us. That's unified fully with God and in his presence, which is a beautiful thing. Um you know, and, and I mean, even dealing with my miscarriage, I mean, very insensitive to myself, right? It's like, I always, I didn't know that I could strain all the tissues and save them and have it baptized and bury it in holy ground. I didn't know those things because I was still, you know, it was my first time pregnancy. I didn't grow up Catholic. I, a lot of these things were still fairly new to me, even though I'd been Catholic for five years at the time. Um, like this whole, like that idea, I always just said, well, they were, you know, baptized by toilet water. That That's how I coped with it. That was my coping mechanism because that was just like, I didn't know what else to do. And I have to trust God's mercy and entrust, entrust our, what I believe to be our daughter's soul to God. And, um, but having that joy, right. So bringing that childlike joy into it, I could see why I would have made that choice. I suppose, like if I tried to understand it, I I don't know that I would necessarily make it again today, right? I would rather just talk to you like a normal human being and not try to be some caricature of a person, which is what was really encouraged of me um, from who was leading that group, right? Which total respect about it. But, you know, I was like the alligators for a while and I was being all right. I was a caricature. I was trying to exude this energy that was not natural, and I would much rather remain authentic. And I had a lot of people tell me that it wasn't, it no longer felt authentic to them. And I didn't like that because I was like, well, I want to be authentic. I don't, you know, 
I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Alligators was fun. A lot of you had fun with it. I still have my Alistair the alligator in my office. I mean, it's it's a great memory. I really love all of you that have been here since then. And it's just, yeah. So anyway, okay. So there's, uh, I don't know, three more minutes in this. So let, let's see if there's anything else that stands out. And that he's able to give them that eternal life and life abundantly with him in heaven, which they may not have been able to have here on earth. It's not an easy thing to have to deal with. And um, God bless your heart seriously for going through it if it's been more than once oh my gosh like I just pray with a lot of my being that anybody who is struggling with this is able to find peace and that well selfishly that I don't have to go through it again because I wouldn't wish it on anybody please let me know if there's any way that I can personally pray for you you can send me a direct message on Facebook you can send me an email whatever works best for you I would love to be able to support you and add you to my prayer list so do let me know and I would love to be able to support you through that from a distance thanks for tuning in I am shifting away from people being able to choose the genres for musical Monday so please still do guess like what the proper what the songs were that I chose I don't know what the new reward is gonna be yet I'll probably have people on patreon vote on that so and we'll see but too many people were choosing genres that had inappropriate lyrics and I just couldn't like the last one that won I I'm sorry M16 you did great and uh but I just I have to be able to match it with what topic I'm doing and my patrons have to be able to like know the genre and doing like pop music or rap music or hip-hop is just it, it's really difficult for me to be able to like look at songs that I know because I'm not really into that kind of music at least not anymore like some of them were fun to have flashbacks but I really need to I really want to focus on like wholesome things because I don't really want people thinking about lyrics from like Eminem and stuff like that it just uh I'd rather have you be thinking about nursery rhymes and like, you know, hymns and more of the fruitful, good type of lyrics that are associated with the tunes. So I'm sorry to let you down with that if you are. If you do want to have some input on Patreon, though, head on over there and you can support me there with a monthly contribution. Otherwise, feel free to subscribe and join the alligators as we take life one bite at a time. Until next time, we'll see you later, alligator. We have made a little soul, little soul, little soul. Oh. We have made a little soul whose life is eternal. I mean, that was a sweet little song that I was ended with, a sweet little soul. I mean, I think you can see that my heart's in the right place. I don't think I'm, you know, maybe it is an attack on IVF because I just provided so much logic against why or like for why the church teaches what she teaches about it I'm not really sure um, I still don't think that I would probably use the word attack um, I think I offer my point of view I think that I share I think that using inflammatory language can be detrimental just for general societal conversation to have critical thinking of oh well why does she believe this oh somebody doesn't agree with IVF hmm. I've never met somebody that would have something to say about IVF that maybe wasn't great, you know. Uh, I think that not being able to meet people that have differing point of views and able to actually dialogue about it, I think that shows that there's something wrong. Um, I do it to my husband all the time. We'll have a different point of view and I won't want to talk about it. And I think that that is unhealthy of me. I think that something's imbalanced when that occurs and that probably I didn't get enough sleep or I need to eat something or, you know, whatever it might be. Um 
you know, and maybe again, I'm simplifying something that needs more nuance or more complexity or further d- deeper conversation, which is very fair too. That's why we have the thing. But uh, to the point of what I say in the end there, um, we had a funny instance with uh, a kid the other day where they wanted to listen to Seven Rings. And they usually listen to Kid Bop or Kids Bop, right? And Seven Rings, I look it up, and it's Ariana Grande. And I don't listen to this kind of music, you guys. I don't listen to anything that has swear words. I don't watch R-rated movies. Like, if I do, it's super, super, super rare. Um, But, like, I... So we pull it up, and we start playing just Ariana Grande because it wasn't ever clarified that it was Kids Bop. Anyway, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is this? And so then we switched to Kids Bop, and it was a cover. It was a parody, basically, because they had changed all these different lyrics. And, you know, and my husband and I talked to about it earlier today actually and said yeah we probably wouldn't have our kids listen to that because then they like that beat they like that music then they want to listen to the real song eventually and it's just not really wholesome it's not even something that I want to listen to because I don't want to desensitize myself to uh, those things and the things of the world right I want to be able to focus on what is good and true and beautiful and everything else in that realm um, and I want my kids to focus on that too and guess what they love they love nursery rhymes still they love all the little kid hymns you know I've got the joy 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 down in my heart and just um what a mighty God we serve. Like, they go around the house singing all these little kid hymns, and I just love it. We get those from Yippee on Amazon. So, um, well, I don't know. We actually, we just have that independent app, but I think the subscription is through Amazon. But it was only, like, $49 a year, something like that. Crazy. That was when we got away from Netflix and shifted shifted toward Bent Key and Yippee, and so now that's more primarily what our kids watch uh, when they do watch TV, which is still very it's very infrequent at this point. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I just, I wanted to address that though. And I wanted this to kind of be a season potentially where I just kind of address that search bar because I think that if it's something that people are upset about, it's probably something that needs to be talked about. And hopefully from a balanced point of view, I want to care about the people that are struggling with these things. And I want to always be able to improve in my method of delivery and how I'm communicating what it is that I believe and what the church believes and why I submit to the church on those topics. You know, I mean, there are Catholics who are infertile that aren't allowed to pursue IVF, that they are allowed to take Clomid or, you know, the letrozole as I did. And and those things are permissible because they're not separating the marital embrace. They're not separating that fact of it's it's making love. You're creating something when you make love. That's that phrase for a reason. And so, yeah, but I don't know. It was kind of fun to, you know, it was nice to look through that video and watch that video with you just to kind of get those touch points, not have to redo all the research and everything else. So we may look through a few other old videos together. If I can figure out how to edit this together easily, hopefully, you know, this time will probably be the most difficult, but I'll figure it out. We'll get there and I'll, you know, we'll just kind of have to see, see how it goes. Cause I, like I said, I might be in over my head a little bit and we'll just have to take a look at how it goes. But Either way, glad you tuned in again today. And as I said, it's Allie Marie here with my Catholic perspective. And my prayer as always is going to be that I pray God grants you the resources that you need to draw closer to him and in turn to those around you. And may you have a very blessed day. I will talk with you again soon.